And now, our feature presentation. All right, friends and family. Hey, it's me, Rocky, and uh, this is uh, this is the Complete Sentences podcast. We are live on the air right now. Um, I'm sitting here by my lonesome this week. Ty is out sick with a German Scheiße flu. We've uh, been conversing back and forth about this, and doesn't seem too great, man. I, I know that uh, any flu that you get, if you get a German flu, it just sounds like it's a hundred times worse. So um, ties out, just me and Rodrigo. Rodrigo's decided he doesn't want to talk today, so it's just me. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep you guys entertained for the next hour and uh, 45 minutes, uh, however long we do this. But I know somebody that's going to help me in this episode. Uh, Dan Kenham. The uh, director, well, one of the directors of the awesome, fucking awesome VHS documentary, Adjust Your Tracking. He's also the curator of VHShitFest.com. We are going to talk about our childhood, our beloved uh, tape collections. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about what it's like to direct a movie and to just uh, travel the country for an insane labor of love and make an independent movie. We're going we're gonna to talk about all kinds of shit, guys. This is going to be an awesome episode. But before we get into that interview, anyone who listens to the show on a regular basis realizes that, yes, this is still VHS week on here on CSP. So uh, you guys have been awesome sending me all of your favorite movies and favorite cover art and uh, all kinds of other shit that, that pretty much made up your childhood. So that's really inspired me. It's made me want to do something more. Um and it, it's made me want to go out and still be in contact with you guys on a, on a much deeper level. I have a, a pretty ridiculous DVD collection, and, and I'm sure I'll bring that up with Dan. We'll talk about what makes you want to go into tapes versus DVDs, because at one point, dude, you got to pick which side you're going to go on. You can still collect both, but you got to pick one to focus on. I picked the DVDs a long time ago, so I, I'm, I'm to the point now in, in my life where... I love going hunting for movies. I love it so much. That's my favorite thing to do. I've worn out every place within a 45-mile radius of St. Louis looking for used DVDs, used VHS tapes, whatever I can get my my little paws on. I'm to the point now where I feel like I don't find anything good anymore because everything that, that's worthwhile, I feel like like I already own it because I've been collecting for you know 15 years. So I've decided what what I want to start doing is just to just to keep the hunt going and to not ever lose that interest. I'm going to start finding and de- devoting all of my free time to searching for rare and just off the wall 
shit that you would find, you know, buried underneath just a pile of dusty diapers and all kinds of weird combs with hair, whatever the fuck it is, in a pawn shop, you know, horror movies, cheesy cartoons, action flicks on VHS and DVD. I'm going to compile all these and I'm going to sell them to people um, on my Amazon storefront. So, yeah, this is the announcement of the CSP store, guys. And I think now would be a perfect time, since it seems like we're all present and accounted for here today, um, to start the very first segment of a long list of a new segment. I don't know what that even means. That's, that's so confusing what I just said, but if you listen to it back a couple times, maybe it'll make sense. This is the first segment, guys, okay? And this is where we're going to take you deep into the basement where we keep the CSP inventory. We're going to tell you about something, one of our most amazing finds for the week. Um, we're going to give you some deets about it, and maybe you guys can check it out. If it's something you've been looking for, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, this is just a good way to, to share what we have because we can't go through everything. So let's – if you guys are feeling up for it and you want to follow me down into the basement right now, let's let's check it out. All right, everyone, I'm coming to you live from the depths of the CSP Media Vault. This is where we keep only our most prized possessions that we come across throughout DVD and Blu-ray finds. Okay, today's film, if you've ever wanted to go back and see just how twisted life and thought had become at the height of the U.S.-Soviet standoff, let me just say other films have captured segments of society at any given time, but there might be no other movie and surely no other comedy that so perfectly encapsulates the overarching mood of the world in any given era. If you haven't found out yet, I'm talking about Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, Dr. Strangelove, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Now you might be saying to yourself, hey man, what the hell, I see this DVD everywhere I go. You know, my grandma's got 12 copies of it, you know, she serves her famous peach cobbler on it every time me and my mom and dad come to visit. Well buddy, this ain't just any regular DVD, this is the Blu-ray edition. This is the 45th anniversary special digipack edition, and on top of that, it's brand new, still in the shrink wrap. Now, if you guys do a little bit of research, you'll see that this was out of print as of 2009. Um, it's become super hard to find used. It's been even more difficult, nearly impossible to find wrapped, brand new condition. This special edition Blu-ray includes a 40-page booklet containing several interviews, interesting facts, photographs, including even a snippet photograph of the long-lost deleted scene from the movie, never before seen for the first time. It also includes the feature-length documentary, No Fighting in the War Room, or Dr. Strangelove and the Nuclear Threat, also only available for the first time on this Blu-ray. Guys, I can't stress enough, if you love Kubrick as much as I do, your Blu-ray collection has to contain Dr. Strange Love, the 45th Anniversary Special Edition Digipack. We now have this available on the Complete Sentences storefront on Amazon.com. We don't know how long it's going to be there, but let me just tell you guys this. We have one copy, brand new, and once the door closes on this vault, we don't know if we're ever going to have it again. Anyone that has purchased from us in the past can tell you every order ships with free CSP stickers. Now these stickers aren't for sale anywhere. If you've seen us anywhere, we would gladly give them to you, but for people across the country and across the world, this might be the only way to attain them for the time being. So if you love our podcast and you want to support us, this would be an awesome way to do that. As you know, we are independently funded in every way. 
And if this is going to be your first time purchasing with us, we do ship worldwide every day of the week. And for some ungodly reason, if you would like me or Ty to write our name on this, we would gladly do that. Um, any special requests, I mean, we would rub it behind our ears, you know, we will, we will uh, dance in front of it, we will put it under our pillows at night. I'll even cast a black magic spell on it if you will like. We're super easygoing, and we know that there's like some weird people out there that want us to do this kind of shit, and we're totally fine with it. It's the internet age, guys. Let's get weird with it, okay? So yeah, just definitely check us out. If you would like to purchase this, do it quick. We're going to shut the vault on this bitch for the day because we can't give away all of these secrets that we keep in this vault because it's not going to be a secret vault if we do that. You have to wait until next week, guys, okay? I'm sorry. Um, check us out right now on Amazon.com by going to Amazon.com slash stops slash complete sentences. Hit us a line. We'll be happy to make you happy, okay? And now let's do something completely different. Booby trap. 40 Claymore mines packed with high explosives that can blow at the slightest shock. No! No, don't, Sarge! I'm too close! No! No! <laughs> Booby Trap, the deadly weapon of an ex-Marine who's starting a war of his own. Booby Trap. Now look, Captain. Miss Murray, I'm on a criminal investigation, not a pleasure cruise. Booby Trap, where the dragnet or a psychopathic killer turns up other misfits almost as murderous. <laughs> Get out of my office, you little punk! You just don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of everything. If you want to be where the action is, be where Booby Trap is. Booby Trap, rated R. All right, guys, we're back on CSP. We have with us um, an amazing guest. I'm super psyched to have him on. We have Dan, uh, one of the directors of Adjust Your Tracking, and he is also the curator of VHShitFest.com. So... Super psyched to have him on, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the release of Adjust Your Track, and we're talking about so much shit right now. But uh, let's get started with uh, welcoming you to the show, Dan. How you doing? Oh, good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Oh man, no problem. Thanks for coming on. I, I love I love finding somebody that you know you can just talk about nerdy shit with, and nobody looks at you funny. So. Oh yeah, exactly. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, first of all, I I gotta ask you. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the movie. Of course, I, I had to download, like, I had to, to buy the download from the website just to watch it before I got my big box in the mail because I couldn't <laughs> wait to fucking watch the movie. Oh, nice. Thank um, you. How how cool was it to, to meet Lloyd Kaufman? I got to ask you right off the bat. Oh, that was great. Um, years and years ago, probably almost 10 years ago, I met him at a local, like, really, really small uh, film festival that was done here, and he was great. Um but getting to, like, really sit down and, like, talk with him was amazing. Uh, we had, like, a lot of, like, extra footage and, like, just hanging out with him and getting, like, the tour around uh, the Troma Studios and everything was amazing. They had, like, a lot of old, like, movie props and uh, old memorabilia down in their basement and stuff. So getting to see that and, like, hear him tell stories was amazing. Oh, shit. That was going to be my next question was if it was done at Troma Studios. Yeah. I can only imagine some of the awesome like memorabilia that they have. Like, did they have one of the one of the Toxie standees with the actual mop head that was on it? Oh, yep, they had one of those. They had uh, all a bunch of like really obscure like Toxic Crusaders like merchandise that I had never seen like 
all kinds of like action figures and stuff plus like weird posters foreign posters and like one of the coolest finds or well one of the coolest things i saw down there i think was uh the original like copy of uh, cannibal the musical that matt stone and trey parker sent to him it was like a beta tape of the movie that was like the original one that they sent to trauma like before the movie ever got released and everything so that was kind of cool since i really dig that movie holy shit man that would have been awesome yeah that's besides besides my horror movies i'm you know building my trauma library as well and i recently purchased the uh the ultimate toxic avenger dvd set that comes with toxic crusaders nice yeah i have that one too that's great yeah man that's awesome and um i'm not sure you know, as far as the Troll Masterpiece collection, the only one I was missing was the the Troma's War Troll Masterpiece. And nice. that was, you know, it was super hard to find on Amazon. I couldn't just run into it anywhere. I found a dude in Australia that was selling it for 25 bucks. So bought that just last night. Now I'm anxiously waiting for the mail to come. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, I, I want to ask you as well, how long have you considered yourself a serious tape collector? Like, how long did you... How long ago did you really get into the the VHS side of things? A serious tape collector, I'd say probably it's getting close to four years now when I'd say I really like seriously was into it. I mean, I've always bought tapes before that and bought DVDs. Of course, I've loved movies like my entire life. Um, But like I think when I first realized that like this was an actual collection and like that I was going out and really hunting for these things was – a video store opened up in the town that I went to college in and uh, they, it was like a local chain kind of, but instead of like being an actual rental place, they'd brought all the tapes from all their stores and just use this place to sell like their old merchandise. And like, so I was basically able to, I bought hundreds and hundreds of tapes from them. Like every like week I'd go in and buy new stuff and like, I'd get stuff like Birds 2, like the sequel to Hitchcock's The Birds, like weird, like obscure movies that didn't make it ever to DVD. And once, I mean, once I had over 100, then I was like, all right, I'm full speed ahead. Like, I'm a collector. And then I started getting into it more, meeting collectors, trading, and found Facebook, like found the Facebook group, uh, and then started VHF Fest and... From there, it's history. Now I have over eight thousand tapes. So, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely I would consider myself to be an amateur connoisseur of VHS. I mean, I love I love everything about it. I don't I don't have a huge collection. I, I mainly I, whenever I had to pick a side, I went with DVD at the time. And by the time that you know, I was like, man, VHS is really cool. I should have I should have kept buying VHS tapes. It was like I already have like two thousand DVDs. I can't really turn back now. Yeah, exactly. Um, that same thing happened to me. I like had a huge collection, my parents' collection and uh, like some of my own tapes from being like from growing up and stuff, buying them. And then like when DVD came out, I like just assumed that every movie that was ever out would come on DVD. And I mean, slowly I realized that wasn't going to be the case. And by that point, like I had like 2000 DVDs, like you said, and like, it was a while before I was like, all right, well, I'm, it's inevitable. Like, I'm going to have to, like, have both formats. And then, I mean, once, like I said, once I got into it, like, I realized and remembered just how much I loved VHS and, like, all the old experiences. Like, a lot of my early favorite movies I watched for the first time on VHS over and over again in my room. So, like, just the second I would pop one of those, like, movies in, like, Basket Case or something, it was, like, bringing me right back and 
then from that point on, I would guess I would, was rehooked on VHS. And yeah, it's like as soon as you pop in a VHS tape for the first time in a long time, like if you've if you've been stuck on DVDs for years and you mm -hmm. pop in the VHS tape, just you know, just even the fucking sound the tape makes going in, the the little yeah. doo -doo 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 -doo, like that in the background whenever you hear mm -hmm. it starting up, everything about it just takes you back, man. Yeah, exactly. I love it so much. It's great. <laughs> um, did you ever get into Laserdisc? Uh, I actually, I wasn't into Laserdisc. I'm more into Laserdisc now. Um, I would always pick up like anything cool I'd find, but I was kind of waiting to, uh, find a working player in person. And about like maybe six months ago or something, I found like a Laserdisc player in person that works and is great. So from now I buy, like anytime I come across like a cool movie or, like, I, I'm big into Criterion DVDs, mm -hmm. and so, like, anytime I come across, like, a Criterion Laserdisc, especially if they never put it out on DVD, I'll pick it up, because oftentimes there's, like, special features and stuff on there that were never transferred over to the DVD, so. Do you do you have a ton of the Criterion DVDs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a ton of uh, Criterions on DVD. Sounds like, right. I'm, sounds like I'm talking to a guy that has RoboCop uh, Criterion on DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely have RoboCop. That okay. was like one of the earliest ones I remember getting, too. So, classic. Yep, and uh, I know also uh, Spinal Tap is hard to find, too, in Criterion. Yeah, Spinal, yep, Spinal Tap's great. I have that one. That one like took me a while to find because even when I got into Criterion, it was already out of print by that point. So, <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. So... So obviously, I mean, you still do collect DVDs. You haven't just completely mm -hmm. given up on that, have you? Or oh no, yeah. It, when a DVD is done well, it's amazing. When they use like when they make nice packaging, great artwork, pack it with extras. Like I love DVDs. So, but I mean, like I said, there's a lot of movies that you still can't get on DVD and never will be able to. And a lot of times, like DVD companies don't really try with like their transfers or their artwork, or it's just a bare bones release and if that's the case then i'm just gonna stick with vhs in those instances yeah that's and there are i still have to i, I would love to have a, a a collection like yours you know of, of vhs tapes that did, never got released to or i'm sorry of uh yeah vhs tapes that never got released to dvd i mm -hmm. I, I feel like a lot of the ones i have like oh i was psyched to find you know blood spattered bride um for like 25 yeah. cents. So that, that was super cool. I did actually just yesterday. Um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, um, got back from a trip to Kansas city looking for, um, you know, whatever I could find uh, DVD or VHS wise. And I came across a uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles coming out of their shells, live VHS tour. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have that one too. Yeah. That's great. Oh, man. That's amazing. I'm I, actually not sure. Did that ever come out on DVD? I, I doubt it did. And that's what I thought immediately too. I was looking around. I didn't find a DVD for it. I was like, man, okay, I, I've yeah. never seen a live tour of uh, the Ninja turtles. Yeah, that's just something like something like that. That's another reason I love VHS is because like there's certain things that like in during the video boom, like it made sense to put that out. But like <laughs> now it's just been completely forgotten, like old like music videos or how to videos or like live footage and stuff like that. Like people don't even remember that, let alone consider like transferring it to DVD and like actually giving it like a good release. So right. that's why I love like hunting for tapes because you never know like what kind of stuff like that you'll find. Oh, I know. Just digging through the digging through the bin of endless VHS tapes of, you know, fucking Jerry Maguire's and you're throwing P 
pieces of the missing Malaysian airliner out of the way, looking for yeah, more exactly. Ninja Turtles and stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah great. Uh, so what would you say is your most prized possession right now that, that you own in your uh, your library? Uh, Tape-wise, hmm, I have a couple. Uh, well, I have a copy of Tales from the Quad Dead Zone. Nice. And uh, that one I spent a lot of money on. And, uh, like, one of the reasons it's, like, definitely one of my prized possessions is because, like, Scarecrow Video is one of my favorite video stores in the country. And it was from their personal collection. And it's the only copy. This is, like, not the one that most people have. This has, like, all original artwork, never before seen. It's no one can explain its origin. And nobody knows where it came from, how they got it, like, even what it is. And this is like just kind of like a piece of video history. So I knew when that one popped up online that I had to buy it no matter what the price, just because it's the first time I ever heard of the movie when I saw that copy. And so many other people have discovered the movie through that and it might never pop up again. So I was like, this is just something I need to own. And like in that instance, like I am proud and really happy to own it. But like, I prefer finding something in, like, the wild rather than spending, like, a ton of money. I really love when I find something insane or, like, super obscure for a dollar or two dollars or whatever. Oh, so, yeah. like, one of my other favorites is a copy of the movie Hell Roller, and it's, uh, like, a slasher movie. It's shot on video, and it's about a handicapped uh, serial killer that goes around L.A. killing off, like, basically he, all he kills off is, like, prostitutes and, like, muscle heads the entire <laughs> movie, and it's insanely bad but addicting, and it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, and uh, I was lucky enough to end up finding the director and a lot of the actors. Uh, so I was able to get my copy signed and we were eventually able to put out a DVD version of it too. So yeah, I was going to two of my favorites. I was going to say, yeah, I was, uh, I was actually looking at your, um, your store here on uh, vhshipfest.com and mm. I was going through and I, I saw that you guys were, you were selling a copy of that uh, DVD, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, we so. still do on, uh, you can get the DVDs through adjustertracking.com of Hellroller. We have a 21st anniversary edition, which has new interviews with uh, the guy who played the king of the bums in the movie. <laughs> the director is on there. We uh, have like a live script reading of the original script, which was called Scumbag. And in that one, it was. Uh, Actually, like the original killer was supposed to be an uh, African American midget scumbag, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and not like a handicap, like not anyone in a wheelchair at all. So, like they went from that to like a crazy guy named Eugene in a wheelchair. <laughs> so, like that one, that I was really happy to get that original script and be able to put that movie out for people to see. Oh man, that's great. Well. I wanted to ask you some more about um, about just actually putting out your your own your own movies and DVDs and mm -hmm. things like that. But like as far as this uh, this Tales of the Quad Dead Zone that you purchased, I mean, are, we're talking in the hundreds, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I, I might as well just say the price. It was actually it was one thousand and twenty four dollars. <laughs> Holy shit, man! Yeah, that's. <laughs> The by far the most I've ever spent on a tape, and it has to be up there with like the most that anyone has spent on a tape. Well, that's what and I was going to ask you. You beat. It seems like you beat the record. Then I didn't know if anybody else had had gone over the thousand dollar mark, but 
Yeah, I don't know of anyone. I assume it has to have happened, but not, like, as public knowledge. It might have just happened, like, back in the day, and for all I know, it could have been, like, uh, some weird tape that is off my radar, like, uh, like, you know, some music tape or just something really obscure that, like, isn't really a VHS collector going after it, but more of, like, a different type of collector, maybe, like, a wrestling tape or something like that, but... Yeah, as far as I know, that is the one of the highest, if not the highest, like horror or cult movie tape, like end price. Oh man, that is that's crazy. That's so awesome yeah. that you have it. I mean, especially because so many of them were lost. I mean, how many of them exactly. were there even to begin with? Yeah, I have, nobody really knows how many there were to begin with, and I know of maybe I think maybe four people that have a copy, like an actual copy of the original release. So it's very, very few. And like, I was just like, well, I basically have to do this with whatever the price. And I was actually able to fund that, uh, like through selling doubles and like just stuff I didn't want. So I was able to like sell some of like tapes that I found in the wild to pay for that. So it wasn't like it didn't bankrupt me or anything yeah. luckily. <laughs> Oh man, so that that's awesome. Um Okay, so recently what has been your your biggest and most successful haul that you've had on a tape hunt? Oh, well, I actually just got back from a two-week hunt with a friend of mine I've done every state at this point for video like the, when we go on hunts, we basically only go to video stores that are still left that have VHS. Um he calls every I'll give a shout out to him, Tony Salamoni. He calls uh, every store in the Yellow Pages, and then we uh, I'm the one who drives the entire time, and we go store to store, like, hoping to find stuff. And this last time was insane for VHS and for old video games. We found a lot of really rare stuff. We found, like, Lunch Meat, a movie called Streets of Death, a um, nice. bunch of, like, big boxes, unicorn stuff, just basically really rare like sellable like cool tapes like at this point since i have so many there's very few that like i need to keep and like we even found some of those so that was like good like i found some for my personal collection and then some that we were able to sell so and then video game wise we found a bunch of like old nintendo games we found little samson which is on ebay right now and it's already at over 700 dollars. so holy shit and that's yeah. that's that's just an original cassette uh yeah video cassette from the uh from the original nintendo yep holy shit man, man. crazy so i mean how do you do you personally have the willpower if you come across a super rare find that's going for close to a thousand dollars that you do not have in your personal collection do you have the willpower to ever flip that and sell it uh it's very very tough it depends actually like i don't know <laughs> like it's basically case by case basis uh right. if i really really need it then basically there's nothing that's gonna stop me from just keeping it but if like I feel like I could possibly find this again and like right now somebody's willing to pay a lot for it or seems like they want it even more than I do then like I I can part with it and I kind of look at it like I as long as I can continue funding my own hunts and my own VHS purchases through buying other tapes then uh, it's a win for me basically so 
that's that's what I'm like too. If I run into something that I don't have with as far as my DVD collection goes, I'll mm-hmm. I'll throw it on Amazon. And I'll put just a super high price point. If somebody yeah. if somebody bites, then you know you know that's the way it's supposed to be. But yeah, I don't exactly. really want to sell it. Yeah, that that's me too. Sometimes like if I want to, I just figure out what my like max like amount would be that I would personally like keep it for. And then I started at that. And if people bid higher than that, then obviously they're, they are willing to pay more and chances are they want it more than I do. And I'll be happy to take the money. So, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, about the movie, adjust your tracking. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sure that you've been asked a lot of these questions before, so we'll, we'll no, run, no problem. <laughs> we'll run through some of them here, but I mean, just kind of uh, just give me just a brief uh, description like of, of how you guys decided to to do this movie like what gave you the inspiration obviously besides your your passion for VHS yeah well that, that it started with me being like a huge collector and then uh, through that I began like meeting other people in like the VHS collecting community and just other people at like conventions or out at stores that were like super passionate and just as into VHS that as I was. And I kind of saw, like, it just growing and, like, it was basically looked like VHS was just going to become more popular or, like, as popular as it has been since at least, like, the early 2000s. So uh, I was like, all right, this is, like, the perfect time to, like, kind of capture this whole, like, resurgence and this VHS community of people that, like, still care and still collect VHS because it's almost like, well, it's not 50-50, but it's, like, half the people you talk to understand and realize why you would still buy VHS. And then like the other half that you talk to are just like, that's worthless. Like toss that in the trash. <laughs> like there's DVDs and everything. Like you don't need to buy VHS anymore. And they don't really realize like the collector aspect. And also just the fact that like, as they get older, this was a piece of, you know, film history and art history in general. So like, as they get older, you don't want like stuff like this to get lost or just forgotten about. So we were like, all right, now's the time. Let's like dive right into this. And we started with like the contacts that I had already known, like the collectors that I had met either online or in person. And then like from there, we were just asking people like, oh, do you know anyone? And do you know anyone? And from that, we ended up getting over 100 interviews with either people who are releasing new movies on VHS, like Lloyd Kaufman or Wild Eye releasing or Massacre Video or people who are love VHS, whether they had gigantic collections or like, we're just getting into it. We just wanted that like passion to be captured on film or on video, I guess. <laughs> um, did, did any of the people that you interviewed, like that you wanted to interview, did you get turned down by anybody that you were, that you were kind of seeking to interview? Um, no, I think, well, there was maybe a few people where like the schedule didn't work out, like they were out of town and stuff like that, but it was just like collectors that like, I really wasn't like that. I didn't know, like personally, it was just like, Oh, somebody recommended me. Like I talked to you, like, are you free to do this interview? And then they'd be like, well, I'm like out of town or I can't do it. I think the very early on, we like kind of wanted to get Charles Band too, mm-hmm. and this this was before the like wizard uh, like reissues or whatever that he did, like the warehouse find that he supposedly had. Of yeah, doing wizard like three stuff, like three a month or, or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. This was before that, but we, you know, since he like was so into VHS back in the day, and like you know, so part of that history, we were like, all right, we should try and get him. But he was like shooting the new Puppet Master, and. <laughs> 
and slowly we like realized that like the focus of the movie was going to be less on history we wanted to kind of get that like in at the beginning of the movie and then bring it up to date with like how people got into this hobby and why it's so important still so like it was really we didn't really need them at the end of the day so the new puppet master sounds pretty sweet i haven't Oh yeah, I haven't. I've seen, I think, the last one, and I have not seen this new one. Is the new one Axis of Evil, or was that the last one? That was the last one that came. Okay, out. that's. Yeah. I have seen that one, but I haven't seen the new one with that like Ilsa puppet looking girl. Right, right. Yeah, I just saw pictures from it, but it looks like fun. <laughs> um, how how do you how do you feel about the the new releases that that they're putting out over on that side like uh you know the three a month that's autographed are you gonna get any of those or uh, I haven't got any of those and I was thinking about getting them until uh only because of like it, I was like well if they're actually original boxes then like I and but re-release tapes like new tapes I can just get the box and then eventually find like one in like bad condition or just a tape only and switch them out. Right. I was like, all right, well, this will be like a good way for me to have like a bunch of really like mint condition, like nice big boxes. But then like the more I like looked into it, I like heard rumors that the boxes were recreated and saw videos online of like people almost basically, in my opinion, 100% proving that they weren't original boxes, that they were actually like newly produced boxes, uh, then that kind of it doesn't surprise me either like charles band like once he hears like a good way to make money like and i understand it too i understand why he would want to kind of like capitalize on this like what he probably views as like a trend right now of mm -hmm. people like buying old tapes so like i don't blame him for it but like i just am not into it especially the fact that like a lot of the movies like are technically like bootlegs since he doesn't own the rights to like i spit on your grave anymore him redoing like a tape of that even if the box is original is still like basically like not <laughs> too cool so i don't know i wasn't into it but i could see why other people would be into it because it's like an easier way to find some like you know some vhs that you remember growing up and renting and stuff like that and you know you're you're definitely right that's a dude that is he's totally in it to to make the buck out of this what he mm -hmm. thinks is a trend right now and yeah you can even tell whenever you go to the the full moon website you watch the video and he's like you know people are asking me about vhs and then you know and then all of a sudden i found out like oh there's a super crazy market in this yeah let's let's put out yeah. let's tell everybody <laughs> that we found these boxes after you know however many years and they're pristine yeah yeah but, that but they don't include any tapes <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's very weird. And I mean, other people are into it for that. I mean, I'm not, I like Lloyd Kaufman as a person, but I'm not going to deny that, like, obviously he heard there was a market and like anything that he can sell, like, why not do it? And I mean, I don't blame him for that. So I don't blame Charles Band for that either. Like they got to make money somehow, but oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of wasn't into him like lying about, uh, the fact that they were like original boxes or that he like still somehow owned the rights to like all these like classic horror movies that have amazing DVD editions already. Like, no, you don't own the rights to zombie anymore. So right. like, but yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, man. And also I was, I was really, you know, psyched to see that you guys, uh, you interviewed Matt Moore, um, from the, mm -hmm. from Whorehound from the video invasion. That's my favorite article, dude. Yeah, I love that's yeah, my favorite article in Whorehound too. Like it's I loved reading them every time he did them and like he's a great guy. I was happy to get him in the movie.
were there any were, were there ever any times you know traveling all around the country like you have uh shooting this movie that you were like fearing for your life oh my uh, yeah without a <laughs> doubt there was so many times actually on the trip like we've done well i've done multiple like trips around the country but like as for just this movie we've done two one to shoot the actual movie and then one to tour the movie like screening wise and like both times like driving in a car like i have a honda fit so it's like really small and we had tons of tapes that we were finding four guys all the like equipment all of our clothes for a month and like it was jam-packed in there and like we of course wanted to make the most of the trip so like literally like the whole trip i planned it all out to like the second and we had 21 days and we did i think 60 to 75 i'm not 100 percent for sure interviews on that trip so like to fit that many interviews in that <laughs> little time we were literally driving 24 hours straight like a lot of times like overnight and uh there was many times where, like, I was falling asleep at the wheel. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there was multiple times where we almost died that way. And then also, like, during this time, like, we wanted to have fun on the trip too. So we planned like a bunch of terrible, like, roadside stops. <laughs> and uh, and like, like I didn't think anything of it, but we were going to see in like Northern California, we were going to see a Bigfoot statue you made of like scrap metal or something (laughs) and uh the gps we had just gotten done at like a video store in like the portland area so we were leaving from there going to like la and that's like a really really long drive so this was going to be like kind of like the breakup point of the drive we were going to like stop here and the gps told us the quickest way was to go Like, well, they told us the quickest way, basically. And then when we got to, I guess, the California, like, state line, all of a sudden, like, there was no cement roads anymore. It was all dirt roads. (laughs) And we were just like, hmm, like, that's really weird. Like, but we just kept going and going. And... Oh, you saw that? I, on the I saw. I saw the featurette. I was gonna bring that up too, and I was. Yeah. yeah for anybody that that hasn't purchased the uh, the DVD or the the big box set, it's on there, and it's hilarious. You guys have to see it. Like, you're watching your car. It's kind of going in a fast motion, and then you just see <laughs> the car go just slowly going uphill. I'm waiting for it to just get to the point where it can't go uphill anymore yeah, and just start rolling exactly. backwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We ended up, well, basically, long story short, we ended up, like, going all the way up a mountain and all the way down a mountain, and it was by far the most, like, the video doesn't even come close to doing it justice. Like, we actually, like, almost, like, slipped off the mountain, like, multiple times. It was not, like, GPS. Like, <laughs> like there should be no way that's even, like, registers on GPS is like possible routes because like it was a like less like we have a tiny car and our car couldn't even fit on the road and it was a two lane like road so like the entire time we were like nervous that like a truck would just come out of nowhere and be going the opposite direction and we just have to like fly off the side of the mountain because like to let it go by us because there was literally no other way um but yeah, that time and there was other times that weren't as crazy as that just where we were in bad neighborhoods, like, looking for tapes and other things like that. But that was by far the, like, craziest. Oh, and the funniest part of that of that little featurette that you put on there was seeing how kind of, like, you know, 
almost excited everybody was at first. They're like, hey, you know, whoa, we're going uphill and we're in the middle of nowhere. And then, like, yeah. a few hours later, you guys are just all bummed out. Like, we're still in the middle of nowhere. We don't know where the fuck we're going. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's yeah. getting pissed. Yeah, everyone, especially, like, the the co-director and the producer were, like, literally, like, almost crying. Like, it was that, like, dangerous. Uh. It was that dangerous. They were like, please, like, turn around. Like, we're going to die. Oh, like, it was so funny. But we ended up making it through it, like, thanks to my, like, driving, I guess, <laughs> and, like, just luck. <laughs> And your car's will to to succeed there because I, I was just waiting yeah. for that thing to stop any second, man. That was yeah. Great. Well, like just speaking of that car, like I've driven that more than anyone ever should drive a car around the country multiple times and like just so much and like currently like for the past probably like five months it's been like just dying left and right like it's been giving me the worst like trouble ever it's in the shop like right as we speak so like i don't suggest like going up a mountain or taking a honda fit around the country like it's good on gas, but like, trust me on that one. Like, it's going to, it might seem good while you're doing it, but then it dies and in the middle of nowhere. So, I, I want to ask you kind of about like the, the kind of dollars and cents that went into this. Like, um, how much did the project end up costing? And whenever you're shooting a movie, what ends up costing the most in, in making like an independent movie? Uh, well, basically, we ended up doing a Kickstarter. Well, we funded a first little, like, trip to, like, the New York, New Jersey, Philly area uh, by ourselves, and that was just out of pocket, and um, that we got maybe, like, 15 interviews, which included, included like, Lloyd Kaufman, Tony Timpone, and some other, like, somewhat bigger, like, named people, um, and then we threw it up on Kickstarter. We cut a little, like, trailer for it and did a Kickstarter campaign, and Basically, I figured out how much it would cost to drive around the country, like how much in gas it would cost. And like I came up with like three thousand dollars. And uh, so we wanted three thousand and we ended up getting more than that. Like thanks to like a lot of like support from people who like really wanted to see the movie like succeed. And um, so we got that. And really, we got uh, at the time Well, I still technically am in college, <laughs> but uh the co-director, he graduated, but he was a film major, and, like, we were able to just loan out all the equipment, so that saved us a ton of money, and then, like, our really major cost was just gas, and, like, we, all the interviews, everyone did the interview for free just because they wanted to support the project. We were able to basically, I mean, I think we stayed at one motel, and we ended up sleeping in the car maybe twice. And all the rest of the time, like on both trips, we found uh, people who would just let us stay at their house, whether they were even going to be involved in the movie or not. They just wanted to, like, help us out. So basically, I'd say gas was the most expensive. But it would have been, obviously, like all the equipment, the lighting equipment, the cameras and everything, if we weren't able to loan those out from the school. And the complete total cost, I'd say, was probably a little less than 5000 actually. And just through word of mouth and stuff, we were able to easily make that back just on our screening tour, uh, where we screened the movie at a bunch of different places. We were able to make that back through, like, screening, uh, through ticket sales and through merch sales. So, like, that was a great plus. And do, do you guys do you guys go through the distribution then yourselves? Is that like VH Shipfest that's that's going through the packaging and everything and distributing uh, or? 
Yeah, we did. We did all of the um, like right now is uh, it, the movie's only for sale through like our website. And that was like a deal that we worked out with the company that we're going through MVD, uh, who's going to be doing who's going to like distribute it to stores and stuff like that, because it's like basically impossible for like just one, like an independent filmmaker to like contact a place like Best Buy or something like that and mm -hmm. like get them to even care. So like in order for us to do that and to get it on iTunes and like Netflix, Hulu and stuff like that, we ended up having to go to a distributor. But like with the deal that we got, we were, were always able to sell it through our website and we are also handling all the like, like printing of the movie and everything like that. So we could actually like physically like make the product the way that we wanted to make the product and not worry that like a company was just doing it and not like, you know, putting any like effort into it or anything like that. We were able to actually have a company do the big box art, like do all the design and everything. And then like we could, we fold them, we put the DVDs in there and, you know, like do all that stuff. So and I'm actually holding my copy of the VHS big box right here in front of me. Nice. <laughs> it, it has amazing cover art, dude. Um, oh, thank you. And yeah, where, first of all, how did, how did the idea for this cover art come about? And, and, you know, basically where did, where did you get the artwork from? Okay. Uh, well, the idea we basically wanted to get kind of, I guess it's kind of like a throwback to a lot of like the VHS, like video boom era stuff in that, like, we wanted the cover art to just look as big and amazing. Like if you saw this on the shelf, you would be like, what is this? Like, I need to see this without knowing anything about it. And also we gave like some nods to movies like Exterminator is on there. Uh, I think Lunch Meat's on there and some other zombie on there. Yeah. Zombie Return of the Aliens, Daily Spawn and stuff like that. Because yep. I mean, we wanted obviously those are like some major movies that like touched a lot of like video collectors back in the day that like really stood out to them. So we hit up a friend of ours who's also in the movie, Devin Whitehead, who's done some art for like Whorehound. Uh, he did a lot of like the Whorehound recent covers and stuff like that. Um, he had and, a he had a super funny story in in your movie about oh yeah um, yeah. <laughs> where, where he was going through and the, and the guy's like, yo, man, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, you just messed up my whole organization. And he's like, I didn't know if I should. Do you want me to reorganize them for you or? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that story was amazing. And like we went to a lot of places like that with him when we ended up uh, interviewing him. And it's like great to kind of like see the difference and the similarities between like West Coast like video store owners and like East Coast video store owners. They have like a lot of like, you know, similarities where like it almost seems like the majority of them just like wish they weren't there and like that this is just like a front for like some other business that's like <laughs> much less legal but uh yeah that was really fun and like yeah he did the artwork and we were just blown away by it like and it was just exactly what we wanted and uh we also did we had another artist uh, nate higley who did uh different he when for the people who donated via Kickstarter, they got like a limited edition VHS and he did artwork for that. And that's in like a clamshell uh, case. And, but besides that, we all the like design and everything else, like besides those two, like paintings were all done by the co-director Levi Paratic. He did all the layout, the DVD menus, everything like that. Have you, have you seen the, the other VHS documentary that's out? Have you, have you seen that? 
Yeah, I have seen that. Uh, you're talking about Rewind This? Uh, I believe that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hadn't seen it. I met the director uh, of that, Josh. He came to our screening in uh, New York, our pr- New York premiere, mm-hmm. and he was really nice and was just, like, telling us about the movie. We, uh, like, hit each other up, like, via Facebook to kind of, like, see, you know, what each of us was doing, and he told me that, like, his was going to focus more on, like, the history of VHS and, like, a lot of, like, stories involving that like they were gonna like do like some japanese like and like the history of the vcr type stuff and Mm -hmm. then like when he saw our movie he was like they complement each other like well and then like finally i got the chance to see it a few months ago and like yeah he was right like i feel like if you're going like it's a good like compliment like to one another like his does like focus more on the history and then like ours is like more about like the current like subculture of like collectors and like people who still love the format right and you know i the thing that that i felt was lacking in in the other the other movie that that i love so much about yours was you would be watching it and then all of a sudden like the the you know the tracking would fuck up, and mm-hmm. then it it plays with your mind like you forget that that that's just an effect that you put in. It was like an Andy Kaufman type, you know, joke almost. It makes you feel like, oh shit, now I got to fix the tracking. It's just so second nature to you. Yeah, and it's got yeah, that- so many of those little things in the movie. Yeah, we really wanted to like, and all those like too. We we wanted to uh, really bring people like back and like make people remember what it was like because we figured a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but at least some people would be watching this movie and it would be like the first time in a while that they've even bothered watching anything on VHS. So we kind of wanted to like bring people into that like time frame and like mindset of like all the video like imperfections and just exactly what it looks and feels like. We added a lot of those sounds that you were talking about, like Mm -hmm. throughout the movie, like at the beginning, that sound, that's almost like a dial tone. And then at the end when it's like static, like fuzz, when the tape just like ends and stuff. So, uh, and all those were like created naturally with a VCR. Like we didn't like use any like after effects or anything. Like we literally like those were just things that happened while we were, like if if there's a tracking problem in the video, that was literally like us with like the tracking thing on like our actual VCR and stuff like that. So oh, we wanted sweet. to create all that like naturally so it would feel as real as possible. And honestly, your movie tapped into a part of my brain that hasn't been tapped into, except it was maybe once uh, last year whenever my fucking VCR ate my body bags tape. And I was like, oh, shit, I remember this used to be a thing. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. But yeah, man. It it really it really just tapped a part of my brain that that hasn't been been used in a while. So that was that was super cool. Um, oh, thank you. And also, what what have you found to be the most rewarding thing about making this movie? I mean, there's there's got to be so many things, but uh, what did you feel was most you know most rewarding to you? Uh, well, I feel like well since the movie like since we started working on the movie and since we did like the screening tour, I've seen like online like the numbers of like people on like the VHS groups and just like posting and talking about VHS have like really shot up and like I'm like I it can't like all be from the movie, but like it makes me like proud when somebody like does say that they got re like got into collecting or like have dug out their tapes or started collecting again because of seeing the movie or just like they've been talking about VHS and telling their friends and stuff like that. That like makes me really happy that like more people are kind of, uh, you know, supporting and like 
you know, paying attention to VHS and not just like forgetting about it or like glancing at it at like a goodwill and just like laughing kind of like ironically about it, you know, like, like they're actually like looking for like interesting movies and kind of want to relive those days. That's like always nice to hear. So that's probably the best part about it. And I also I wanted to say that, like, I definitely from from the get go, whenever I first heard about you guys making this documentary, I wanted to support it in every way, just because I feel like you guys are hitting on on a number of different things. But you're also kind of you're kind of bringing to the forefront, like what what the future of filmmaking is and sort of, um, you know, how like. If you were if you were like a nerdy kid that was into just like horror movies, everybody thought it was weird, you know, but you're able to to now take it. And you're you're, not only are you talking about it, making it a thing, you're making a movie about it and you're changing the way that people make movies as well. Like, you know, touring the country and talking to other like minded individuals. I think that is so fucking awesome. And I wanted to just just sincerely thank you for that and, and to, you know, putting putting in all of this hard work to put this movie out. So definitely would support you guys in any way possible. Oh, thank you very much. All right. And then I know that uh, we're kind of pinched for time here. I know you got to run. Um, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, um, are there any plans for future films? Uh, future films? Yeah, we are working on another movie. Like we're just in the early stages. Uh, it's going to be a toss up between a fiction. We want to do like a horror movie almost. Uh, I'd like to do almost i guess well there's two ideas one's a slasher and one's like a straight up like ghost movie and then we also have a few ideas for um more documentaries that we want to do um and then other plans throughout this year i'm definitely still going to be releasing stuff through va shift fest uh we have i'm putting out a documentary that donald farmer did in the 90s called invasion of the scream queens and it's super like obscure it, the vhs is almost impossible to find and like the movie was almost forgotten entirely and uh like i'm proud to be able to like put that out on dvd and vhs with extra footage i got an interview with donald farmer on there and there's like some deleted scenes and stuff like that so i'm excited for people to be able to see that and yeah i'm just going to continue trying to uh you know, shine light on movies that like aren't popular enough or have almost been forgotten and then also get to work on our next feature. Well, that sounds awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for I would definitely look forward to seeing that documentary that you're talking about releasing. So I'm going to I'm going to keep up with what you guys put on to uh, VHShipFest.com and uh, we'll we'll spread the word for you. Anything you guys need to put out, man, hit us up. We have no problem promoing anything you guys want to put out because uh, you're fighting the good fight out there. Oh, thank you. Very appreciated. And uh, if you guys ever come through St. Louis and you need a, a place to crash, dude, you can just hit me up and uh, I'd be happy to set you guys up. Okay, perfect. Thank you. All right, Dan. Thanks so much for the time, man. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Marty Rustam presents a new horror classic, Eden Alive. Hello? Created by Toby Hooper, maker of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mel Ferrer, Carolyn Jones. Stuart Whitman. Who's there? Neville Brand. The most terrifying 90 minutes you ever spent in a theater. Eaten Alive. A VIP picture rated R. So I really think that, uh, I think we talked about it all in tonight's show. I I hope you guys learned as much as I did. I know I, I learned a lot. I learned, um... I learned that it's hard to 
to do things without a best friend sitting next to you. Um, you sometimes take for granted, you know, your best friends because you always feel like they're going to be there. And then one day you're about to record a, a podcast and, you know, your friend tells you that he's come down with a terrible German flu and he's not going to make it today. You you feel lost, you feel confused, you, you wonder, you know, what has it all been for? I don't know what it's all for, and I think that's what today's show is all about. It's about not knowing what it's all about and just going for it anyways, because just as much as you need your friend to get through whatever hurdle you're going through, they need you just as bad. And sometimes for you to pick up the pieces, that's all the help that you can give them. I'd like to give a special thanks to Dan Kenham for coming on the show and talking about VHS tapes, um, talking about his the making of his movie. If you guys haven't seen it, please go out and check it out. It's Adjust Your Tracking. Buy the DVD VHS big box combo that I bought because it's fucking worth the money and it's awesome. Check out all of his stuff at vhshitfest.com. Check him out on Twitter at VHS Documentary. And tell him CSP sent you guys. It's They're fighting the good fight, and we need to all stand up and... Uh, you know really really take care of people that are doing the good thing so all right that's all for for this week's show um that's it for vhs week make sure to tune in next week guys we have another jam-packed show for you um we're going to be talking about former canadian prime minister pierre trudeau we're going to be talking about cursive writing and penmanship in general and how to improve it we're going to go through my dad's matchbook collection and we're also going to be making paper mache dolls. Um, so definitely tune in. It's going to be fucking colder than a well digger's chicken on next week's show, guys. Mark it on your calendar. We're doing it all over again. Until then, guys, love you. Pet the dog gently. 